and One Emotional Podcast, Conversations for Inspiration on the Go. We offer on-the-go inspiration because our whole heart is set on beauty and our best bets are set on art. Hi, Elizabeth. How are you? It's a pleasure to have you here in Luan Emotional Podcast. Hi, I'm, I'm good. Thank you. It's really a pleasure to be here with you having this podcast. Mm, it's amazing. Thank you so much. So Elizabeth has dedicated her exploration to the embodiment and understanding of the body through movement and fine arts. She studied and practiced different movement techniques such as circus arts, somatic movement, top technique, breathing techniques, floor work, and ballet, among many others. At the same time, she has explored different ways to mix these skills with her art. This has made her find the automatic drawings and realize that the drawing had become an automatic movement and that the body asked every time to move more. Hence, she started exploring different techniques that allowed her to portray her feelings. With this, Elizabeth realized that the body heals through movement and started preparing herself to help people to embody their soma through movement on art. So tell us, Elizabeth, how was this journey between healing, movement, and art? How did it start? It was a really crazy start. I started moving ever since uh, I think I was four years old when I started practicing ballet and I started doing every sport I could. Then I grew up and uh, in a dancing class, they hurt me. I got an injury, really bad injury, so I stopped for two years and then decided to study fine arts. At the same time that I started studying fine arts, I discovered the circus. And the circus allowed me to... to... to ways to behave with everything that my body could do. After that, I realized that the injury that I I had, I still had it. I didn't heal completely, and I had new ones, you know, and my emotions were all over the place, so I was lost, like, training and doing this, but at the same time, I wasn't in my body. I was just performing. So I was separated. So after that, I took a break from training and I started to study the summer. I started to study top techniques. I started to practice with my body without wanting to reach only a performance, you know? Like I didn't want just to do the figure or just to do the sequence for a show. I wanted to understand what was happening within me. So I... It was, it was a really emotional process that I think everyone should have it. Because when you start, when you allow yourself to explore your feelings, to explore what you have inside you, to know where is your head, how long is your arm, your organs, you know, like people don't even know many times that they, that they have a stomach ache, you know, or like, Maybe they have an injury in their shoulders and they don't know about it. And they just continue like an automatic life in their routine every single day of their life. So it, like we have started to disembody what you can you could say, like 
being so apart from the body that we're just in automatic. So I started to come back to my body, to myself, to my soma, to my entire world. And there, it was really scary, but at the same time, it was amazingly surprising. That's when I realized that the, that the body heals through the movement. The body is made for the movement. So everything we do, when we breathe, when we paint, when we draw, when we walk, when we talk, everything we do is movement. And I realized that many people are afraid of movement. Many people, you tell them, like, for example, uh, move, move your arm. And they tell, no, 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 I can't I can do that because it hurts. But they don't even try, you know? It's like they have this idea in their, in their head, like, no, 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 I cannot run. I cannot do this. They prefer to stay sitting. They prefer to stay in their houses, not moving, not going anywhere. They're afraid of the nature. They're afraid of their own body. They're afraid of seeing themselves. And that's when I think you get lost, like, in, you know, like, you understand differently what the body should be. So for me, realizing that and realizing that I was doing those things many times, like, stopping myself from moving from experiencing things that's when i that's when i realized that i needed to come back to me i needed to understand myself in my body and that's when my art and my movement evolved completely mm. completely changed everything i my performance in circus art was different my injuries started to disappear my emotions started to come out i realized that in the body we tend to like the body keeps the score of everything that happens in our life you know so it's like in your body there's trauma and trauma can be something really small it can be something really big it doesn't matter because it's your own experience so after I realized that, I started to study my own trauma, understand my own self, you know, like see what, what was in my knee, what was in my head, what was in my neck, what was in my shoulder. And I started to do the connections, everything inside me. And I've been in that, in, in that journey ever since. I started to get certificated to help people to do this because for me it was, life-changing my art my movement my everything changed completely and i wish that people could do that stop being afraid of their own self you know of course and it's it's wonderful um what you mentioned about like people we tend to be as adults we tend to be afraid of movement and if you watch kids right for example they move all the time and they're dancing and they're playing and a lot of the things that they do is it's they're quite physical right it's more common to see i don't know if, if it's you know boys or girls playing with the sand and playing with different you know um things maybe using kinetic sand or using the balls or maybe playing with a dog or you know running around chasing each other or going you know uh to find new things or new animals you know new insects they're constantly moving and sometimes we you know we arrive to this education no when we started going to school and the first thing that they tell us is, you know, come just sit down, be quiet, don't move. And it's kind of like, you know, we learn that kind of like we become a domesticated in a sense, no, of like for you to learn or for you to have a proper behavior, whatever that means is for you not to move. 
And if you're in a classroom or you're in a conference room or you're in a meeting room and you start moving, it's just kind of like seen completely out of, out of place. But it's something so authentic for ourselves. It's something so natural. And sometimes, for example, when we're experiencing strong emotions, it helps a lot to move, right? If you move your arms, kind of like shake them, if you start dancing, if you start doing yoga, if you even, even if you stretch, like any normal stretching, it actually helps and, and increases kind of like space inside of you. So it, it kind of like makes me wonder if we have something so natural between us that is movement, why we have created this system that kind of like penalizes movement. That's like a question I always ask myself because everything you said is so true. Like for example, if you go back to your childhood and ask yourself, whatever things you used to play, you know, like when you were little, you didn't expect anything to be logical. You didn't expect to people to see you and say, okay, she's happy, she's sad. No, you just didn't care, you know? You just move, you just breathe, you just feel yourself and play with the world, play with everything, the logic. But then we start growing up and it's like every, everything around starts teaching us, don't show your emotions, stay quiet. Like you said, sit down. Don't do anything. Just be like this well-behaved person, and that's it. No. So, for example, what you said about that when we are experiencing different emotions, the with the movement that we can take them out or help us. Imagine air only by the breathing. If you if you stop one second to think about how we breathe, people don't breathe like with their body. Like the breathing just stay in the chest. You know, normally people just stay here, like in a survival state. You know, we have become, we are so so separated from nature, so separated from ourselves that we're in a in a survival mode all the time. You know, in a comfort zone, but a survival mode. Breathing in short terms. When you start expanding your breathing, everything change, and that's where the movement starts. That's when everything starts. And it's really complicated to think that people are afraid of moving or afraid of expressing their emotion because they were thought so. And we just come to realize if our whole soma, our whole body as it is, what allowed us to have the experience of life. So when you stay sitting in your house, on the computer, you don't move, you don't think what you eat, you don't listen to yourself, you like you're closing yourself into four walls to not see the experience of life. And it's your body that allows you to have this experience. So for me, that they have taught us to stay, like to stay in one place, to not talk, to not move. It's a way of controlling the people, you know, like a way of not letting the people realize everything that they have. Because it's, um, it's easier to move a society or to move rules if people think one, one, they, they think the same thing, you know, then if you start questioning yourself, because when you start to embody yourself, you start questioning, questioning everything you're doing. Like, for example, have you ever thought, why did you use shoes that deform your, your foot? For example, the shoes are really close. Mm -hmm. And they start deforming your fingers. And everything in your body starts to to do 
really crazy thing. Like if you just see what the body becomes, your shoulders, your back, the pain that you get with the heel, for example, or with any shoes. And there are people, for example, that are scared of go barefoot. That you say, hey, go barefoot. Try walking on, on the grass, on the sand. And no, 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 no. No, no, no. I don't want that. I need my shoes. Just just with that, you know, it's like we have lost everything that connects us to. We have started to create an environment that separates us from ourselves, from, from everything around us. And everything is technological or everything is in, in like individually. Because also these things about not moving, about not allowing ourselves to explore everything is also a way of losing ourselves in the individualism, you know, like saying, okay, this is my world, this is what I have to do, this is my goal, and then you just forget that you're part of a world, that you're part of many other things, and that what happens there affects you directly. Even though you're not there, even though you're in your house watching a movie or something like that, it's affecting you. I don't know if you have ever talked like that, like... Why do you? Why do I just choose? No. Why do I? I think taking these heels today, something like that. But they, they show us or they taught us that using heels is is good. Mm-hmm. It's a good way of moving, or it looks looks elegant, or it's better. But then you start affecting your body in so many ways, and then there's a point in your life that you cannot use, you cannot, you can stop using heels because it it hurts. And of course it hurts. Your muscles have transformed into shorter muscles. They didn't extend. They don't know what to do. Your food doesn't receive the information. Your gets the information that you need, you know? So it's like, we just separate so much with that. I don't know. For mm. me, it's really crazy. Yes, one time I did a hike in the Redwood Forest in California, completely barefoot. It was six hours long. And it gave me this really strong sense of connection to nature and especially kind of like to this kind of like a grounded quality, you know, of being constantly in touch with the ground and with the dirt and with the the wood of the of the trees, right? The um the roots. Of course, because we're not used to, because usually we're used to wearing, you know, sneakers or you know, something way more comfortable. Um, kind of like the skin actually, you know, hurt it a little bit. And you know, after one day it was gone, one day or two, it was completely gone. But I understand what you're saying about kind of like living uh, so disconnected from nature, right? Not only of, you know, how we hike or, you know, how we don't experience that much nature anymore, or for example, in interior design or architecture, it, I really wonder why we're not integrated nature spaces inside cities, inside apartments, inside houses. Sometimes it's kind of like nature outside of the house, kind of like the landscape and not inside the house, but we are completely connected with that. And I think, you know, talking back into um, our topic about movement and emotions, um, I've experienced it firsthand in the sense that uh, when I was having like a very bad time in my life, you know, those times where you're living a really profound um, crisis, it could be in any term, right? I was, you know, my dad was sick and, you know, he was about to die and it was something, you know, like really difficult to kind of like, you know, let go and have the acceptance that you need in those, in those times. And, um, and I remember that I started um, doing yoga. 
And for me, the movement of uh, doing yoga was actually what connected me and what could help me uh, transform and to um, kind of like make my emotions come to the surface. And once the emotions came to the surface, it through yoga, it really helped me to start meditating and start breathing techniques. But it was, but I first, my first encounter was through movement. It wasn't through meditation or it wasn't through breath work. It was through movement. And through movement was how I got into meditation and into breath work. And I want to ask you what happens inside the body? What happens when you move? Where do emotions go? Are, are they released? Are they healed? Are they integrated? Do they surface? What happens with emotions? I think each body has their own experience. Like in, you will see that there are people that feel the emotions move, or there are people that get a, uh, all of a sudden, like they move and they get a memory or people that start thinking something and their shoulder hurts. I don't know. But for example, one thing that is really interesting is that there are being research that say that the memory, that the consciousness is located on the fascia, mm. on the fascia of the body, you know? It's not proven yet, but they're exploring that. And that will explain why when you stretch for example or you just do the yoga or just start moving sometimes you feel i don't know your knee hurts and you remember a traumatic event or you just want to cry in that moment so i think that if we think about that that emotions are locked in a part of the body i think that in that way when you start moving you just you don't move only for the movement, you know? You don't just start moving just to move and that's all. You start moving to understand yourself. And when that happens, the emotions start to, to move inside you. You start feeling different. For example, in my case, I went through a lot of traumatic experiences that were really hard. And I realized that my, my hips were really tight, mm. were super super tight it was horrible and with the training that i did in circus they were tighter so there was a moment that it hurt a lot my my back my legs but my hips were the worst thing so i just started moving really slow really slow because usually i'm really active i moved really fast and i want to do everything but in that moment i came i calmed myself down and say okay Let's feel the movement. Let's feel what's happening. Where where do I feel tense? Where do I feel space? Where do you feel space inside you? For example, if you start thinking about that, like where do I feel space? Where do I feel like my body is floating? Where do I feel that it's heavier? No. And if you think about where is heavier, how can I make that space lighter? How can I make this part of my body float? In a, in a sort of way, you know, because it's like you start feeling yourself like floating. Mm -hmm. Because as you move, your emotions move, and as your emotions move, things start coming out of yourself. Maybe you cry, maybe you exercise a lot, maybe you do a yoga class, maybe you go to a summer class, and something happens that allows you to finally free that part of yourself 
And in one moment you realize that maybe something that used to hurt or, so, or a memory that used to make you angry is no longer there because you finally were able to free it. That what happened with my hip, for example. I was with a lot of pain. I used to do some exercise, stretching and stuff like that, and I started to cry. Mm. Or I just got really angry, you know? I was like, no, I'm angry, I don't want to do this. And then I started realizing that a lot of my traumatic experience were there. Mm-hmm. So when I started practicing the summer move, the top techniques, everything about that, things started to change a lot. And I think that uh, what is one of the most difficult things, for example, is that people want to heal. Everyone wants to heal. But not everyone is prepared to experience their emotions, you know? It's like we are so used to getting things like this, like really fast, that when you tell them, okay, maybe you're going to cry, maybe you're going to get angry, maybe you're going to hurt, maybe you will get frustrated. People, it's like they they get so scared of themselves. But when you think that the movement allows you to heal, to start moving everything, all, all the heavy things that are inside you, and then you start just floating, it's really scary, and there are times that you want to leave everything, you know? There are times that you say, no, I don't want to continue. I'm too sad or I'm too angry. It hurts a lot. But then something starts happening, and it allows you to expand yourself in so many ways. I don't know, for example, I I think that when you were in the traumatic uh, event with your father and you start doing yoga, maybe at the beginning, at the first class, you show resistance, or you were like, no, I don't want to meditate, or I cannot count my, my head, so you were like this. But to persist, you continue trying to do the yoga, and at one point, those parts that were locked started to unlock, and that will help you to start moving everything that was in your body to finally free it. Mm-hmm. with the hiking that you tell me, no? Totally. And people, what you just mentioned about sometimes people... Um kind of like feel scared of their emotions. I think it's because we don't come with a map. There's no map of how to deal with emotions, right? So if we don't even know if we're all of us humans seeing exactly the same colors, right? So we have no way to prove yet, no? That the way that you see green color is exactly the same way I see the green color or that specific tone of color, no? Imagine with emotions, we cannot yet map if we are all feeling exactly the same intensity of emotions, we're feeling something more, something less, something more painful or more uncomfortable or less painful, right? We just kind of like know, you know, from different studies about how we've tried to map emotions. And also it's quite interesting. There's no kind of like one um, respected way of, you know, kind of like classifying emotions. There's one that talks about five main emotions. Another one talks about six main emotions. Other authors talk about 87 types of emotions and human experiences. So we don't have that much understanding yet of the emotional world, but I think that sometimes we we need to see ourselves with more self-compassion and dig into our emotions saying, okay, this is unknown territory and this make, and this makes me really scared. And why does it make us scared? Well, because 
we don't know how to navigate them. We don't know how we're going to respond. We don't know how long they're going to last. And feeling really uncomfortable emotions, maybe you can, you know, you can feel them for two minutes, but, you know, maybe feeling them for weeks or even months would be really intense. And emotions are this kind of like roller coaster, right? Maybe you wake up in the morning and you feel super upbeat and full of joy and happy. And then three hours afterwards, you're feeling terrible. <laughs> and then maybe two hours no, after together and, you know, something happened at home or at work. And then it kind of like brings, you know, your, um, your mood down and, I think that sometimes we, since we don't talk that much about emotions, sometimes we feel that we are the only persons feeling that, but we all share that humaneness, that we all have those emotions that we don't like or that they feel uncomfortable or that we prefer for them not to be there. And I think with movement is an extraordinary tool for us to start feeling. It's not about... It's not about feeling better because obviously I would love for all of us humans to start feeling better, but I think movement helps us to get better at feeling. It allows you to have more sensitivity of what's going on. If you can kind of like bring your attention inward and movement is kind of like this meditation. You can see it with like marathon runners, right? They get in the zone or in flow and, you know, they could run for 42 kilometers or, you know, they could, if you, I don't know, see them like these uh, trail runners or different, you know, kind of like sporting events. There's some sporting events that they last 48 hours. Of course, I think, you know, and the people that I've spoken to, when they get into those states, it's how they can, you know, have that long endurance and dancing and doing yoga and doing the type of movement that each of us select or that each of us enjoy. It's with something that connects us to that kind of like unknown map with no navigation, with no compass of our emotions. Something, something really beautiful of what you said is like, we think that we are the only one experiences experiencing anger or sadness or joy i don't know but you know, everyone can experience that but each one of us has their own unique way of experiencing so may i think that a common error is like people tend to compare themselves you know it's like something made them sad but it's like no 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 but maybe her had a a worse experience than me but that doesn't matter that's her experience that her story this is yours, and if for you that was that, and this is something big, then you should take it. You should allow yourself to feel it and not try to make your feeling less just because someone else had a a, a, a worse experience than you in your in your mind, you know. And something that is beautiful, for example, is that you say that you no, know, like everyone is searching for the emotions. What are the emotions that we have? What do we experience? And we don't have a map. But for example, with somatic movement, with movement, what teach teach you is to make your own body map. Mm -hmm. It's like just start, just start to to feel yourself to understand where is your head, what distance is between your head and your hips, or between your hips and your ankle, for example. How long is my arm? Where are my organs? You know, like just start doing your own body map. And with that map, different lights, it's like different lights in your body start to come out. 
like you start feeling like, for example, when you hike or when you do yoga, stuff like that, I assure you that there was a, a moment that you say, wow, me impressive. I didn't know, I didn't even know they existed, you know, like, I didn't know that this could hurt. That's because you are starting to, to light your body map. You're starting to feel a new muscle or a new, a new place in your body. So when you start to look at to look at it like this, you understand that you need to make your own body map that will come with emotions, that will come with your mental ideas, that will come with your physical body, and that will make that will make you understand yourself. And when you understand that, you will see that the other person in front of you is making their own body map, is making their own way, is is connecting their experience in their own unique way and that we can talk about it, not trying to be uh, the person that hurt the most or the most joyful person. No, experiences and being able to share my experience, it can help me understand things about myself and the person can understand things about themselves, but it will never be the same, you know? I think that people should start trying to make their own body map because mm -hmm. that way they will understand really what is happening here and it will help the people actually to relate to differ in different ways to the world with other people, with animals, with nature, with everything. Because when you understand what is happening inside you, then you understand why things affect you the way they affect you. And that's when you realize the, that the process is the most important part, not the final result, you know, that people always think like, it doesn't matter what I did, it's just that I did this and it was amazing. No, the most important part is everything that you went through to make that movement, to make that choreography, to make that painting, to make anything you want, to make that building, I don't know, anything. It was all the roller coaster of things that happen in your head, that happen in your heart, that happen in your stomach. It's the way these events make you connect with yourself or maybe disconnect. Because it's not wrong, you know, also to accept that. For example, to be to say, I don't feel my ankle. I don't know the distance between my head and my ankle. It doesn't matter. Now you realize that you don't know that connection, but that you can have it, that you little by little can make it. Or that maybe you're afraid of something. That's not bad. It's your process. And that's okay. So instead of being so afraid of feeling our emotions, I think we should start allowing ourselves to say, maybe I don't know anything. Or maybe I know this, but all of this I don't know. And I don't know what I'm feeling. But when I do this, I feel happy. Perfect. You have a, a, point, a, a point to start with, you know? You know that this makes you happy or that you don't know anything about it. And that's okay because now you can start experiencing yourself. Like in the Redwoods, when you were there, I'm sure that the trees made you feel something. They are so mm -hmm. powerful. The nature there makes you feel something. And your head starts going all the way to different events or different things that you see. But you're connecting to something that is happening in, in that place. And maybe you don't understand in that moment, but maybe in a yoga class, one day you remember those trees and you say, 
yeah, those trips made me feel calm or angry or happy, or they made me go back to my childhood to a moment that it was traumatic. But when I hug a tree or when I did that hiking, something came out, you know? Totally. So, yeah, and something, yeah, like, something that we focus a lot in Luan is um, we focus a lot on the process, on the creation process, because that's where um, a lot of emotions come in, right? And I know that, you know, we have a culture that constantly focuses on the end result, right? What is it, your artwork? What is it, your video that you created or your book or your paper or whatever is it, and we tend to kind of, um, you know, criticize or um, like or approve or disapprove the end result. But sometimes we forget about the process. And in the process, if you talk to any writer, in the process, they had all kinds of difficult emotions, right? The moment when they get you know, completely stuck and frustrated and they can't go on and they're losing faith and they're losing, you know, kind of like focus of, of what are they writing for, you know? And then they also experience these moments of pure bliss when you get the inspiration, when you get the perfect ideas, when you get, you know, that knowledge that you're like, oh my God, I have no idea where it came from, but it's filled with emotions. Any creative process, either if you're dancing in movement or you're writing a book, you're creating a movie, anything that is that you're doing, you're creating, I don't know, a painting has to do with this pathway of emotions that we need to navigate them because we are constantly creating we're constantly creating at work we're creating every day it doesn't matter if the work that you do is not cataloged or you know seen as creative or not but you are creating you know maybe new processes you're creating maybe new teams you're creating new strategies you're creating new kpis okrs you're creating new stuff and Constantly, it's, you know, dealing with frustration and then, you know, getting mad and getting angry and then be feeling hopeless and then, you know, starting again and then feeling joy and finding that inspiration. It's kind of like, you know, imagine if we had kind of like this person recording every emotion that passes through our emotional system. If we get that feedback, you know, it'll be like pages and pages and pages of all of the things that we're experiencing because the interaction we have with people, the conversation that we have, if we pet our dog, if we kiss our child, if we kiss our partner, if we find something oh suspicious, it's, you know, it's kind of like for our emotional system would be like completely, completely tiring, you know, <laughs> feeling so many things oh, at the same time. <laughs> So with movement, it actually helps a lot, you know, kind of like bring space and open, you know, a little bit for those emotions to come up. And for example, I've seen some dancers, there are these uh, German dancers that they dance their emotions. And it's quite fascinating because you cannot see any specific style. It's kind of like they're doing kind of like aggressive dance and then kind of like a ballet, kind of like ballerina kind of dance. And then some, so some of them at some point, they just kind of like, like completely collapse and fall into the floor and it's you know those moments where you say i just can't take this anymore i need to stop the world and i want to get off have you experienced that yeah i experienced that a lot of times i remember at the beginning i perform only to perform you know like i have, I have to do this or i do the split or i do this sequence but then when i started uh, embodying myself 
there was a moment that I started with some and moves and the technique, uh, the top technique and all this. And it started like that, you know, being laid down, maybe trying to feel my chest or my shoulder or anything inside me. And I experienced pain or sadness or happiness and allow myself to move and allow my body to give me the answer. Allow my body to show me what is happening. Because maybe I have pain here and I don't understand, but I start moving. And with that, maybe a memory come that that shows me a new way. And maybe I was sad, and now I'm angry, and now I'm happy, and now I'm again sad. But I'm alone, allowing my, my body to show me, my whole soma to show me the way. And those moments are, I think, the strongest. And one of the most important, I think, is also learning to pause. Because we are constantly moving in different ways with a cell phone, running, doing anything. But when you pause, you realize that the same way the body needs to move, the body needs a pause to see, to observe ourselves and see what has happened. How am I today? How am I feeling in this exact moment? And why am I feeling like that? Maybe I don't understand. But I understand that maybe my left side is weird today. Maybe it feels nervous, but maybe my left left side feel my right side my right right side feels floating. I don't know. So allowing yourself to move through your emotions will show you different way of expressing yourself in art, in writing, in movement, and dancing, in anything you do. Allow your body, allow your soma to show you the answer and then allow yourself to pass and see what you have said to yourself in that moment. Because that way you understand that when you move, you move for yourself, you embody yourself. And then when you do that, you can move with everything around you. So that when you see people that start moving really quick or really slow or maybe just drop in one second. Those moments when I feel them, I there are times that I'm dancing and I start crying, for example, or I start laughing because I feel inside me how something is showing me the way. Or maybe when I, I'm going to start something, I ask myself a question or I think about a goal I want to do or a, something that I don't have the answer yet. And I say like, okay, this dance is going to be about whether I need to go to this place or not. Let's see what happens. And I start moving. And the way I feel, the way I allow my, my summer to move, at the end, I pause and I ask myself, who am I? What did this show me? So do I want to do this? or I don't want to do this. Without being logic, you know, because I think that allowing yourself to move this way, it makes you set apart the logical part that they have taught us. It doesn't have to be everything as, you don't have to understand everything, you know? It doesn't have to be one, two, three, four. There's always a space for the doubt. And that's okay to let us see, to let us answer our own questions without trying to see if the people like it or not. Because that's also something really important about the process. 
that you're doing this and you start thinking, and if people don't like it, and if people don't feel the way I'm feeling, that doesn't matter because it's your own process. And what you were feeling at that moment, what you were just meeting at that moment, that's the important part. And there will always be art for everyone, you know? Um, I think that there are people that will always love what you do or will always be be intrigued with what you do and there are people that will hate it but that's the beauty about the world you know there are so many options so many things that we can all find our audience as as, as your instagram you know you pick what you want to see you pick what you like and what you don't like well it's the same with yourself you start exploring and you see okay this movement hurt me i don't like that or this process i didn't like it okay well unfollow take it out of your body this one I like, well, take it in. Mm-hmm. Let your body adapt it. Let your body explore everything. Yes. So it really, yeah. yeah. Totally. And the importance of pausing. You know, you find that a lot with movement and you find that a lot with music. Actually, just this morning, we had this Luan Live session that we have every Wednesday, you know, all of them that uh, they are recorded and uploaded on, on our YouTube channel from Luan Emotional Museum. And um, we were talking about music and finding your own rhythm in life, right? And sometimes we could be living somebody else's rhythm or the culture's rhythm or, you know, something expected out of you, but maybe it doesn't quite be your own rhythm. And we did some exercises about how each of us had a different rhythm, right? And, um, and pausing, it's so important because life is like music, right? You need, at the same time, you need the notes as are, as are really important, the pauses or the rests, because if you would have a song that would only have the notes, it would sound terrible, like, bah, 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 you know, like constantly, it would sound terrible. It wouldn't be a nice melody, it wouldn't be a nice song, a nice, a nice instrumental music, you know, it would be just kind of like, oh my God, you know, shut that off. And when you add the pauses, that's where actually you kind of uh, increase and um, provoke that the notes become better felt or, or become you know better um, expressed. So it's really important to take care of our rest and our pauses that we have constantly. And also sometimes our body could be saying that, could be saying like, hey, I need a rest. I need a pause. I've been working too hard. I am worn out. My body hurts. I've been experiencing all of these things in life. It could be, you know, we're all going through our own things. We're all human, you know, and the way that that life works, you know, nobody is exempt of not feeling them because, you know, we have things that cause hurt. We have death. We have, you know, um, envy we have insecurities we have we have all of these things that makes us human so it's important to also take that space to feel it to rest to pause to let our emotions also kind of like you know get kind of like water and oil right that sometimes if you shake if you shake it everything is you know mixed in you know uh, between the water and the oil but after you let it sit for a while it gets separated the oil from the water and we need to give that space to our bodies as well yeah, and that our nervous system says thank you every time we pause, every time yeah. we give we give a moment to realize how we are because normally we are running, we're on the rush all the time, thinking about the next step, thinking that we need to do something better, thinking that we did something wrong, stuff like that. 
and we're always taking our nervous system to the max, you know, like always on, always getting super nervous or always stressed, stressed out about everything. Of course, if your nervous system is always here because everything you do is is always in the top and then something happens and you get super angry and you start screaming or you get super sad and start crying, of course, because your nervous system hasn't been allowed to relax, hasn't been allowed to find its way and to say to your body, hey, everything is okay now. Yeah. We are good. We don't need to run. Yeah. We, can, we can relax and see what's happening and appreciate what we have done. You know, totally. that's also really crazy. Totally. And to lower down that survival mode that we're constantly in. No? So we have amazing insights. Thank you so much for your time, Elizabeth. It has been wonderful. And before we close, I would like to ask you a few questions. The idea is for you to answer them in one or a few words, the shorter, the better. And the first answer that comes to mind, that's usually the best. Okay. So um, what is art for you? Movement. Who's your favorite author? Haruki Murakami. Sorry, you could say it again. You got cut off. Haruki Murakami. An advice that changed your life. What? Sorry? An advice that changed your life. That I can pass. Mm-hmm. That really changed my life. Mm-hmm. That I need to pass. The best quality in humans. The best quality in human? I think it's an opportunity to experience life itself, mm. to love life itself and get amazed by it. Mm, I love that. A book that you recommend? A book that I recommend? Uh, I recommend The Body Keeps the Score. That is a body that uh, book that talks about trauma in the body. What feeds your soul? Movement. The most pressing issue for humanity. The most what? Pressing issue for humanity, or one of the most pressing issues for humanity. I think that not embody ourselves. Disconnect mm. from ourselves. Mm-hmm, totally. If humans can agree on this, you will be very happy. To live freely, to move, to stop being scared of life. Mm. What would you like to scream to the whole world? Get out of your two houses and start going to nature, move around, embody yourself, love yourself, love life, allow you to have the most amazing experience of your life. Amazing. And the last one, what is it that you have lived and that no one could miss experiencing? I would say embodying myself. It changed my life completely. So I wish for all the people that at some point they allow themselves to embody themselves and to experience everything they have to experience. 
Mm, that's beautiful. Beautiful. Amazing, Elizabeth. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for sharing your knowledge, for sharing your soul with the Luan community, the Luan team. And uh, I enjoy this conversation a lot with you. Thank you. Thank you. It was amazing. I love talking to you. It was a really amazing conversation. I love talking about this and listening to what you have to share and what people think about it. Yes. Yes, it is. It was wonderful. Thank you so much, Elizabeth. Want to keep the conversation going? Luan, the world's first emotional museum, designed a global online experience to inspire and explore. Follow us on Instagram, YouTube, Telegram, and visit our site at luanmuseum.com to engage creatively.